Welcome to another segment of Broadcasting Politics with Cisco Costa. And our guest tonight is coming back for a second run, Reverend Chris Seller. We can't have enough of Chris. He is really an interesting young man. And I'm saying I'm being kind. So, Mr. Seller is coming back this week for another segment of Broadcasting Politics. Um, So, a lot of things have been happening this week and last week. So, um, ever since we had our, our conversation with Mr. Seller last week. So, the president came out and proposed overhauling the legal immigration uh, system and um, making it more of a point merit-based system, which is, sounds very positive. It sounds like the way to go, but it didn't address the whole situation with illegal immigration. That continues to be an issue. I mean, we do need to make sure that we bring highly skilled individuals to the United States so we can continue to grow as a country economically. More entrepreneurs, instead of getting what we're currently getting, a lot of individuals that are depending on our taxpayer money. And that has to stop. And as much as I, I believe that the that we have to go to a market-based, work-based system like they do in Canada, you come here for six months, you do your job, and then you go home. That should be another another aspect that needs to be included in our current system. But based on what I've read about the system, uh, the, the proposed system, it needs a lot of work. It's a good start. It's a good start, but I think that it definitely needs to, before it heads to Congress, it needs to be modified. And the aspect of illegal immigration should be one of the things that needs to be dealt right away. So I hope, I hope the president and his advisors are going to work on this. But overall, right now, currently, family, immigrants, families that want to bring a sibling, a family, a relative, it's currently now 66% of the green cards go to them. To highly skilled workers, only 12%. So he would turn around and have 66% of highly skilled workers get the green cards. So it's definitely a way, a good way of a good direction where the because the the whole immigration system is totally broken, all right, and then we have a we have a we have a, a political party that basically wants to bring more individuals to this country illegally. They believe that illegals are the way to go. I mean, it's totally something that. <laughs> You can't hide it. You cannot hide it that this political political party believes that that's the way life should be, should go. But you know what? It's not. It's not. Because they're breaking the law. They're breaking the law totally. So I hope that the president... This, 
and his advisors really work hard on trying to get illegal immigration done, you know, put a stop to it. You know, I know it, it needs cooperation from from multiple groups, but please, we cannot continue at this pace. We will be will be will become freaking China if we keep bringing more more folks here or folks that come here illegally. So I I basically think that it's 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 a good start, but we need to do more. Uh, Iran. I think the whole situation with Iran, um, it's about time. The president has told Iran they got to really stop working towards eradicating the state of Israel. Okay? The uh, uh, tyrannical government that is in Tehran needs to be stopped at all costs. And the message that the president is sending is a clear message. We will defend the state of Israel. And we will defend the the United States of America. So I totally, totally, I'm on board with making sure that every country out there in in, in the world knows that we're not going to tolerate this. Mr. Seller. Hello. How are you? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Cisco? All right. Well, a lot of things. I just finished my my monologue. You just came in right on time. And one of the things that I I, I touched on is President Trump's <laughs> overhauling uh, legal immigration system. Um, you want to touch on on? Uh, well, no, before you go on, just basically for our listeners, briefly, uh, just give us a, a, a synopsis of, of your who you are and why you are a never-Trumper. Okay. Well, my name is Chris Zeller, and uh, I've, been, uh, I've been in the ministry uh, as a pastor and a chaplain for oh, the last uh, 17 years. Um, I've been a lifelong Republican. Uh, I'm still I'm still registered Republican, but uh, I uh, I had a major falling out with the GOP when they nominated Donald Trump as the as the uh, nominee for the party. Uh, I find him I find him to be uh, a man without character uh, and who has a very loose relationship with conservatism. Uh, there's really very little that's conservative about Donald Trump. He's populist. Um, and uh, I think that he is the worst thing that's ever happened to the Republican Party and the worst thing that's ever happened to the conservative movement. And I'm not sure that we're ever going to have uh, a real conservative movement again following, uh, uh, following his presidency because of the just the horrific damage he's going to do to the brand and uh, to what it means to be a philosophical conservative. So that pretty much sums it up. Well, Chris, even though we do have uh, disagreements on quite a few things that you just mentioned, um, I do agree with you that that um, the actually actually the party, the conservative party, is really really no longer around. And it's not just because of Trump, but I think overall. The majority of the Republicans in, in, the, in the Senate and the House are not Republican, true conservative. Would you agree? Oh yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I'd, I'd also say that Trump is a a reflection of the people, um, which is actually not a good thing. That's actually kind of a scary thing. And I'd also <laughs> say that he is he is a he is a he's a symptom of a much greater problem in the in the conservative movement. Uh, and uh, you know he's really just kind of a reaction to uh, to the betrayal of of, of Americans 
uh, of, of centrist right-wing Americans to the conservative movement, to the principles and values that, uh, that most of them hold to. Right. I mean, I would go. I would go ahead and say I'll give you five names, and you tell me if they're conservative, but they're registered Republicans. Mitch McConnell. What do you have to say about him? Oh, of course not. Okay. Uh, I mean, I mean, what else is there to say? He's 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 establishment, and he's definitely not a conservative, and right. uh, he's just a career a career politician. Okay. The late John McCain. John McCain is dead. <laughs> I know, but but I'm saying I'm saying you no no you brought up no no you brought up the thing that the 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 uh conservative movement has been destroyed by Donald Trump. And I'm just giving you quite a few names of individuals that were Republican that actually yeah destroyed the, the conservative I, no, movement. No, before actually, actually Trump. No. Oh yeah, it was it was severely damaged before him. He's just yeah. like the final final nail in the coffin. But yeah, I mean John McCain obviously is not was not a conservative either. He was a, he's a progressive. I, I mean I think that I think part of the problem is is that when Donald Trump is also a progressive. He's just a populist progressive. He's just coming from a a, a different perspective than someone like John McCain is. Uh, John McCain and Donald Trump pretty much. They probably they probably lead us in pretty much the same direction with a couple of differences. But uh, who else do you have besides those two? Uh, Senator John Conyers from from Texas, another another Republican that passes Cor- off as Corn- himself. Cornyn. Cornyn, excuse me. Cornyn, Cornyn passes yeah. off. Yeah, another one that I mean, yeah. he he. Definitely, it's not a conservative. Uh, from the state of Arizona, another one, Jeff Flake. Well, he retired, but yeah, I understand. Uh, so, you see where I'm get, uh, You see where I'm going? That there was the destruction of the conservative party was done way before Donald Trump came into into the picture. Oh, I, I agree that it, that it has been in disrepair, and like, like I said before. Uh, Trump is a reaction to a lot of the things that were done by people like Cornyn and McConnell and McCain. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to point that out because I keep hearing, especially a lot of your colleagues, that Donald Trump was is responsible for the destruction of, of, of the conservative movement. And, and he, he, he wasn't. You know, he he came he came at the end. <laughs> yeah, well, he just but, he's just he's cleaning he's just cleaning up. Right. So yeah, right. I mean, I, I guess I guess you could put it you could put it that way. Uh, there would have there would have been no Donald Trump if there had been a real conservative uh, party prior to him. He right. he he's just he's the he's the uh, manifestation of anger and rage that people have. I think I think you I think you can count on your fingers how many true conservatives are either in in the House or in the Senate today. Uh, I I think I I think you can count on one hand because there right. there are people that I thought I thought were conservatives that have have done things in the last couple of years that have really made it clear that they're not nearly as conservative as I thought they were. Now. Do you think that Washington, because of its nature of being corrupt, a very corrupt city, very corrupt uh, environment, that basically being a, re- a Republican, a Democrat, doesn't really mean anything? It's just basically attending to the special interest groups? Because that's what it boils down to, right? Uh, for the most part, I would I mean, I, I, I would say that, that's, that that is true for uh, for the vast majority, for of the 435 elected congressmen and senators we have, I would say that uh, almost every one of them is sold out to the special interest groups. Right, right. So, moving on to uh, Donald Trump again. Uh, 
I brought up the thing about the overhauling of the immigration system. Do you have uh, have you read into what he's proposing, and what do you think about it? Well, I mean, it depends on which proposal you're talking about. Um, he's uh, he's there's a lot of things that he said over the, the last most, the most several years. One that, no, the most current one, which was today. Yeah, I'm not, I actually didn't hear about what he had to say today. I, 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 anything I would say would have would have to be based based on what he said previously. I'm not familiar with what he said today. Did he change something today? Well, basically, he said that he would like to go to a point merit based system, basically in regards to bringing in more highly skilled workers, which currently now um, have a 12% rate. There's a 66% rate for immigrants with families. They will they get 66% the first option for a green car. He would turn that around and make the highly skilled workers that number, the 66%. Because he wants to basically build on bringing individuals that are going to build companies that are going that are highly skilled. Which I think I agree with him on that aspect. What I don't agree with is that the illegal immigration aspect is totally, totally forgotten. Yeah, I I don't know that uh, the the thing is you can talk about a merit based system all you want. I, I'm not really opposed to a merit based system at all. I, I I think that I think the real problem is is that that's not really dealing with the real problem. The real problem is is that you don't have a secure border right. and you're not exactly. going to you're not going to you're not going to have a secure border because it's it's not a priority for anybody in DC. And then I think the final issue is um you're not dealing with the real problem. I mean, the the real problem the real problem is the incentives that bring people here. Right now what we have is we have incentivized illegal immigration. And people come here because they have an incentive to come here. You know, I know I know someone, for instance, uh, who is from Canada, uh, who's from the United States, but but moved to Canada, and they lived in Canada for several years, and then they got caught, uh, and they had to come back to the United States, and they their spouse was stuck in Canada, and they couldn't stay in Canada because. The way Canada is set up, they have, a, yep. they have a system where if you if you're not legal, you can't work in Canada. Right. And um, you know that would not be that hard to do and with the way with the technology that we have today, and with the uh, um, with 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 the way things have changed as far as the ability to to uh, to check biometrics and, mm-hmm. and different things. We have the ability. To, to implement that in the United States, what we don't have is we don't have the political will, and it's something that you don't ever hear Donald Trump talk about. I think, I think for me, that's probably the most frustrating thing. You know, you hear somebody that says that they they want to stop illegal immigration, and they talk about building a wall, but they don't they don't ever really talk about what the real issue is. The real issue is we have incentives for illegals to bring them to the United States, and you know, if you're if you're a person that's from a place like Venezuela. Um, why wouldn't you come here? Right. <laughs> of course you want to. Of course you want to come to the United States. You know, if you're from Cuba, of course you want to come to the United States. Right. If you're from El Salvador, of course you want to come to the United States. And until we deal with the real issue, you're you're never going to fix this problem. You can build a wall that is a hundred feet high. You know, that's made out of pure block, and you'll still have people coming here illegally. You're not going to stop it. They'll just find a way. They'll sneak in through semi trucks at the border or through ports of entry. Um, the real issue is the incentives, and this is this is the biggest weakness of the of Trump's policy. And not only is it a weakness, but um, it it makes me laugh when I hear people talk about a wall, because uh, the wall is not a, is not a solution. It, it might stop some. Some illegal immigration. I mean, I'm sure that it would reduce it to a certain extent, but it's not really going to fix the problem. People are always going to find a way to get around it. They're always going to find a way to get here. And you know, until you deal with the incentives, 
It doesn't matter if you build a wall. It doesn't matter if you have a merit-based immigration system. You have to deal with the incentives first, or you will continue to have people flowing in here left and right, moving into their own communities, speaking exclusively Spanish without any regard for American language, borders, or culture. No, I, I, I totally agree with you on, on all, all those points you made, but I think there's even a greater uh, uh, necessity and urgency, which is basically the flow of drugs that are coming through the Mexican border and through the Canadian border. You know, I, I lived in Canada. I lived in, in Ottawa, the capital. I worked for the Canadian embassy, uh, and I know how the Canadian system, when I, when I arrived in Ottawa, the custom officer said, is there, is there a reason that what you're going to be doing, a Canadian cannot do? And I told him, I said, according to your government, yes, that's the reason I'm here. And basically, they gave me a, a temporary work visa for six months because I was eventually going to come back. Eventually, I was going to come back to the United States to work. I wasn't going to stay there because my job was basically working for the Canadian embassy at the UN in New York City. So they're very, very strict and very well organized. So you don't see what you're seeing over here of individuals that have been deported five, six, seven times. They killed someone and they still come back again. That doesn't happen in Canada. So, uh, well, of course, yes. it, of, course, of course, of course it doesn't. They, They've actually they were they've they've actually been serious about tackling the problem, and you know yeah. and and what what I would say is that Donald Trump and both parties are not serious about tackling the problem. Oh, I agree with you. I, I, there's 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 no doubt that the, both parties are basically controlled by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and wh- whatever the U.S. Chamber of Commerce says, they go they go along with it. So um, I think that that's uh, that's the reason nothing really gets ever resolved, and and uh, we'll continue to um, have individuals get killed because someone here who's illegal doesn't really care, doesn't have a license, and and goes out there and 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 kills an American individual that that basically. It's not his fault that this guy got deported five times and, and he came back and, 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 and killed a family member. So it really it really irks me that uh, we we don't have the the, the cojones to, to fix this issue because we we're, we're eventually the system is going to break down and, and uh, chaos is going to be something that's going to we're, we're going to regret it. Um, I wanted to mention. Uh, I wanted to go over the uh, situation with Iran, uh, Chris. Um, this whole situation with uh, Donald Trump uh, warning Iran uh, over their terrorist sites and 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 also what they've been um, attacking uh, their proxy group, which is the Hezbollah, attacking certain parts of Israel. What's your take on um, okay. the warning that the president has sent to the um, the, regi- the regime in in Tehran? Tehran. I uh, I think that uh, I think it's good for him to have a strong position on that. Uh, I don't I don't think that it has a whole lot of bite to it, and the reason why is because most it, most regimes at this point have figured out that the president is a non-interventionist and okay. uh, he really he really has uh, this is one area where the president is is kind of libertarian uh, I don't I don't think that he's he's clearly not as libertarian as someone like uh, on this issue as someone like a uh, like a Rand Paul but right. he's he, he's pretty he's pretty libertarian when it comes to uh foreign policy. He doesn't really believe in foreign involvement and for, you know, in foreign wars. At least that's been that's been his pretty consistent position uh to this point with the exception of our involvement in Syria. But even then, you know, he withdrew those troops. 
mm-hmm. or he withdrew some of them. So, um, so I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that I think it's great to, you know, it's like the the the, the great saying is, uh, you know, uh, actually, he's not doing this, so I probably shouldn't say that. I was going to say, walk softly and carry a big stick. Speak softly and carry a big stick. Um, yeah. But no, he's you know, it's it's just classic Trump. I mean, it's what he does. He 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 says that he's going to do this or that. Uh, he threatens people. And then he doesn't do anything. Uh, I I don't think, you know, obviously at this point, North Korea isn't taking him seriously. And I don't think Iran has any reason to take him seriously either. I think the only, I think the only, the only saving grace in this whole situation is that I don't think that Trump would ever do anything to interfere with Israel's right to defend herself. So if Israel decided that they wanted to hit key targets, in Iran, or they wanted to, they wanted to hit, uh, you know, targets that were held by Hezbollah. I don't think Trump would do anything. He wouldn't interfere with them, and he wouldn't condemn them. He wouldn't, he wouldn't act like the Obama administration. You know, when when Obama was president, Israel had to really weigh whether or not they wanted to do certain right. things because if they did, they could be retaliated against by the Obama administration. That's right. not going to happen with, with Donald Trump. So, you know, that, that, that part of it is good. I just don't think that there's, there's going to be any resolution. You know, anybody, you know, here are some never Trumpers that will be concerned that, you know, Trump's going to start a war in Iran. I, I'm not concerned about that. I don't think that he has any desire to do that. I don't think that he would. I think the mm-hmm. only way that he would ever get involved in a war is if either we were attacked or he felt like it was politically a winner for him. He'd have to feel like he was going to benefit from politically because he's a, he's a political animal. So, you know, if, if his poll numbers dipped and he needed to do something to look strong and, and bring up his support, I think he might do that, but I don't think that he would engage in a war with Tehran. I, I just don't. I don't see that happening. Well, how about how about if he uh, w- once he wins the election, uh, he gets reelected, then he doesn't really care any, anymore. I think he would he would take a chance and and uh, go to war, right? I uh, I don't know. That and that's kind of a scary thing that you said that because. Uh, that's one of the biggest reasons that a second a, a, a second term of Donald Trump is really scary. Um, you know, a second term means we find out who he really is, and we find out what he really <laughs> believes. And 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 the thing is, is that you know, to this point, it's appeared that he doesn't have really have any beliefs or any real principles. He just kind of does what he feels is right in the moment. Um, you know, who knows what he would do during a second term. And th- that's something right. that I've told, you know, hardcore Trump supporters is, hey, you know, um, how do you know he's not going to sign, a, you know, assault weapons ban, you know, uh, or, you know or, or confiscate certain firearms or accessories in a second term? How do you know he's not going to send troops to Iran? How do you – you don't know what he's going to do. You know, and that's the real problem when you have someone that is – um, that's a populist that basically just makes decisions based upon, you know, what he feels is politically expedient at the moment. Um, I really would prefer a, a principled candidate, and I who right. I had some idea, you know, what they really believed and what they what they what their philosophical underpinnings were. Uh, with Trump, you just don't you never know. Right, he, he's uh, what's the term? Some people. On, on the on the on the left would say that he's on he's a you don't know what to expect from him he's a, he's a he's a he's a he's a type of character that that uh, you can never know what his next move is so he's unstable that's the word I was I was looking he's unstable that's that's what the left would say yeah and, and and I'll tell you what you know what's really what's really funny about that today I was listening to a I'm a huge baseball fan. And uh, I was listening to a to a podcast, a baseball podcast today, and the uh, the guy that was uh, the host of the show, he's a he was a hardcore liberal, and uh, he was talking, he was agreeing with Trump's 
with Trump's uh, trade approach with China. And I just, I started to laugh because uh, that's, that's the typical kind of inconsistency that I see with Trump and his approach to, to a lot of things that make me chuckle or it used to really bother me. Now it just makes me laugh. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll, he, he, he has, he has a lot of positions that are right out of Bernie Sanders playbook. And, right. you know, you'll find people, people on the left that really like certain things he does because again, he's a populist. He's not a conservative. Uh, he's not a pure liberal. He's a populist. So, well, I, I think that that's one of the reasons, that's one of the reasons why, a lot of Democrats voted for him. They crossed over and they voted for him in twenty in, in twenty sixteen. And I think they will do that. Well, they will do the they will do the same in twenty twenty. Maybe I don't. It's going to depend on who the Democrats put up. And I also well, think it's going to depend. It's going to depend on who the Libertarian candidate, candidate is. You know, well, if the Libertarian if the, if the Libertarian Party puts up a good candidate, I think we can see a really crazy election cycle. Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought up the Libertarian Party because we're gonna walk into I, I sent you some information about the Libertarians. What the Republicans and Democrats are trying to do to the Libertarians party in a lot of these different states. They're trying to keep them keeping keeping them off the ballot. Have you noticed that? Oh yeah, that's why Justin Amash introduced legislation to to uh to try to level the playing field so that um any party would have a fair shot at at, at trying to get elected um on the federal level. Yeah, and how many voted with him? Well, he he couldn't even get a co-sponsor. Exactly. That that's what that's so. what makes that's what makes the Libertarian Party. Even though I I consider myself a Libertarian, a full heart Libertarian, that makes it really tough for the party to continue to grow. And even though I've been to liber, Libertarian events, uh, in order for the party to we have to, on a state level, they have to really be able to get in there. Otherwise, we're not going anywhere. Well, I think the biggest thing, I think what you start with is you present a, a presidential candidate who is appealing, who has a, a message that resonates with, with the people, Um you know, and you and you make sure that you don't have crazy things like you know someone stripping on stage during your during your uh, <laughs> your convention. Yeah. You know, I mean, even though the, even though even though that person did that as a prank and that person was kicked out of the convention, most people that know that have heard of the Libertarian Party, that's their idea of what it means to be a libertarian, and they don't they don't know that that person you know was pulling a prank and that. That was a joke, and the reason why is because even if even if that's the case, that would never happen at the Democratic convention or at the Republican convention. And so, uh, I think the Libertarians need to just they need to become more serious. One of the one of the issues that I've had with Libertarians that I've talked to is a lot of them don't seem interested in winning elections. They just seem interested in putting their their point of view out in the public square. And, uh, you know, that's nice. That's what social media is for. A political party should at least try to win. Well, I, I, I happen to disagree with you on that because I've been to actual libertarian events, political events, and all of them want to win, the ones that I, that I know. The problem that's is good. that they're, they're the problem, Chris, is that libertarians, like I might be a libertarian Republican, they are libertarians, Democrats, you know, li- yeah, know. liberals. So basically, it's it's a you know, even though the libertarian, the whole umbrella it may be libertarian, but there's factions, different factions of different groups that that belong. There's basically the main ones that control the libertarian party are basically the libertarian Republicans and the libertarian um, uh, um, liberals or Democrats. So, um, but I think we, you, you're right about 
we have to present the right candidate in order to for the party to really but but before we present the right candidate, we have to really make some headways uh, on a state level. Well, that's, that's easier. That's 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 easier to. Here's the thing. That's easier to do if you if you put forth an appealing presidential candidate who who is able to resonate with a lot of young people, and 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 they're attracted. A, a lot of people are attracted to that message. It's a lot easier to win a mayor's race, you know, maybe to win a congressional seat, you know, in a in a district in a district with a lot of independents. It's a lot easier to do that if you if your presidential candidate is someone who is uh, who is attractive and appealing to the masses. The problem is, you know, and I I've got the thing against Gary Johnson, <laughs> but Are you okay? You know, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. But when you put forth Gary Johnson and Bill Weld. Um, you really hurt your brand. Yeah. You know, Gary Johnson was a was a fine governor of of New Mexico, but yeah. the problem the problem with Gary is that he did not run a serious presidential campaign. You know, the the Aleppo incident uh, really hurt him for anybody that was considering him, and then he did things like he was in an interview and and uh, he started making faces and and. Uh, you know, just act like a goofball. And well, I actually think Gary Johnson's a, I think Gary Johnson's a smart guy. But, you know, he, he didn't act he didn't take it seriously. You know, I, and the last the the last serious libertarian presidential candidate that I I remember is Ron Paul. Right. Right. And that was uh, that was I a long to, time ago. I have to disagree with you. I was opposed to Gary Johnson, and I was opposed to William Well. Uh, totally. I do. Totally. I do not like Bill Well. I do not like Bill Well at all. Yeah. Uh, Chris, five zero one four four one zero. Do you have a question for uh, Mr. Seller? Um, no, I, I, I actually don't have a question. I just want to state my opinion is, uh, with the, with the immigrant problem. Um, yes. I think, uh, I think, I think our nation, our, uh, country looks, uh, a lot, a lot of people, uh, like him because he's for the American people. Because if, uh, we are the only country in the world that will let uh, allow illegal immigrants in when we have so many problems in our country, so as it is with uh, homeless veterans, homeless families, uh, homeless children, and and uh, everything like that. And and I'll be the first to say, and I'm 55 years old, our country has done so much wrong that it can not ever be right again. And 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 people are, are looking for for uh for jobs. Uh they they just wanna be able to uh provide for their families and we can't do that with us bringing these illegal immigrants in. And no other country you cannot do that in. You have to have a work visa Mm-hmm. You can only stay in a country for uh, a couple of weeks, maybe a month at top, and you have to come right back here. So why, why are 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 they allowed to come over here and and uh, take our jobs away, our uh, our healthcare, give, give them uh, everything, Johnny on the spot when when we bust our arses. Uh, to get by, I mean, it, 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 is, it is ridiculous, and, and back in the 60s, I was born in 63, I, I, um, when everybody thought JFK was, uh, was the greatest man that lived on earth, and he was for the American people, he was assassinated, and, and it is our government that is doing us in, it is our government, so the people, therefore, are 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 voting 
for Donald Trump, even though he doesn't have no cues, he doesn't have, he doesn't know how to talk to dignitaries or whatsoever. A lot of stuff I don't like, but a lot of stuff I do. But um, it, it's like fifty-fifty. But it, it, it's never going to end. And our only saving grace is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, for real. Definitely. That is Definitely. how I see it. Fantastic. Have a one. Chris, your your um, response. Well, I mean, she said she she. She, she said a lot of the same things that we had talked about earlier. Uh, but uh, it's interesting when I listen to most people who talk about immigration, they talk about, they talk, they, they present it the way that she presented it. Um, and then at the very end, they'll talk about the things that you and I talked about. And the reality is, you know, this is not a chicken, this is not a chicken or the egg situation. The reality is, the reason that they're coming into this country is because of the incentives that she talked about at the end of her right. of her comments. And if you take if you take care of the incentives, then the rest of it takes care of itself. The the incentives are the health care and the jobs and the benefits. Mm-hmm. And is if you make those things completely inaccessible to illegals, then they'll stop coming to the United States. Because if they can't work and they can't send money to Mexico or Venezuela or wherever it is, they have no reason to come here anymore. Right. You know, and, and they can try to get, they can try to get into Brazil or someplace else, but they're <laughs> but but they'll stop they'll stop coming to the United States. And so um, she's right. It's just that the the issue again the issue isn't border security. The issue is incentivized illegal immigration. You know, it's, it's the the biggest the biggest issue the biggest reason that you want security is so that you don't have criminals and drugs coming through the border. Mm-hmm. But as far as the, as far as solving illegal immigration, the the way you solve that is you stop you stop giving people goodies to come to the United States. I totally agree. And uh, caller five hundred one. Fantastic summary of what uh, what uh, in regards to illegal immigration. Uh, I do want to touch on I do want to touch on the uh, abortion uh, ban in Alabama, uh, Chris, because I know you're a chaplain, you've been a pastor, and there's a lot of tension out there. You know, we got the Hollywood people going bananas over it. We got the left going bananas about the. Uh, the ban in, 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 in Georgia, in, 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 in um, Alabama. What is your take on this whole situation? How is that going to impact the elections in 2020? Well, let's, first of all, let's talk about what SCOTUS is going to do. Because that's okay. the most, I think that's the most important question. And I, I tell you, there, there, are basically three, there are basically three ways this could go. The first way is, SCOTUS could choose to just say uh, Roe versus Wade is law, and uh, abortion is illegal. There is is legal. Therefore, the Obama, the uh, the Alabama uh, law is unconstitutional. That's one way it could go. Uh, the second way it could go is they could say, well, um, we're going to have to look at Roe versus Wade again, and they could overturn Roe versus Wade. That's not going to happen. I can tell you that you'll you'll hear a lot of people talking about how they want that to happen and they're hopeful that's going to happen. I can promise you that won't happen. the the third The third possibility, which I think is the best possibility, and which is which is where I hope they actually go with this, is uh, for the Supreme Court to say, you know what, this is a state's rights issue, and each state should be able to determine. What, how, the, how they're going to handle this issue of abortion, and if, if a state chooses to chooses to ban abortion, then that's that state's individual right according to the Constitution, and according to to the the uh, the amendments that apply to states' rights. That's what I'm hoping will happen. I right. am not hopeful. I'm I, but I'm not actually hopeful that it will happen. I I actually believe what's going to happen is. They're going to strike it down as unconstitutional. They're going to affirm Roe versus Wade, and that's going to be the end of the fight. 
because Roberts Roberts is not a conservative, and neither is Kavanaugh. Um, and I don't think Gorsuch is a conservative either. I actually think Gorsuch is a libertarian. Uh, right. I think Gorsuch. I think Gorsuch will, would probably side like a conservative because he believes in state in states' rights and he believes in liberty. And so right. I, th- I think he probably will side with the states. But I have no faith in Kavanaugh or Roberts to do the right thing. Absolutely well, none. Well, how about if I throw you a, a curveball here? If if Trump decides to replace Ginsburg because she's no longer around, and 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 names and nominate, nominates Amy Lee Bennett, who's a true conservative, and she gets uh-huh. in, that's going to turn that that will turn around the whole. Um, scenario that you just presented the only the, it, the only thing that it would do is it would it would it would result in more favorable pro-life laws it would do that but as far as as far as roe versus wade being overturned i don't think that there's that there's any chance of that ever happening and it's, I, not, I that, it's, it's not that i it's it's not that i don't want it to happen i want it to be overturned i am just uh, I, I I I live in reality, as Rush Limbaugh would say. I live in Realville, and it's just not going to happen. Well, I, I you you got to give me some credit for that, uh, Chris, because I've said that to you n- quite a few times. Living in reality, I always live in reality. Okay, so so give me some credit on that too. But uh, the uh, the whole situation with with uh, with Alabama banning it definitely does not. Um, I think it, it, it's going to be a huge huge uh, point. I mean, a huge um, point when it comes to the elections in 2020. Would don't you think so? Uh, I don't think so. And the no. reason the reason that, no the reason that I don't think so is because people don't vote on there's a there's a small percentage of voters who are one issue voters and those people are going to vote they're going to vote based upon their view on abortion no matter what happens right. but the vast majority the vast majority of voters don't vote based on that the vast majority of, of voters are voting on uh, you know on, because of the economy, uh, because of foreign policy, because of immigration, uh, you know, if you look at the top ten issues that voters are concerned about, you know, the, probably the two the two most important issues to most voters are the economy and healthcare, and those two those th- those two issues are gonna are gonna determine how people vote. It's not gonna be based upon abortion. Well. I, I I agree, but but I mean in today's world, we someone doesn't need to uh, really have an abortion because they have like the morning after pill that basically can take care of that. Yeah, but you you, you you're assuming someone would know that they were that they were pregnant. You you have to take that pill within a certain period of time in order for it to be effective. You're absolutely correct you know, about uh, that. Yeah. So. So there, there are a lot of people that um, that don't realize they're pregnant for three months. And they're already Definitely. they're already through their first. Tr- you know, in fact, most women don't realize they're pregnant until they're at least three months pregnant. So, you know, let that, me uh, let me see. Uh, Five hundred one. Do you have a, an opinion in regards to the uh, uh, Alabama abortion banning? I absolutely do. Go, please go ahead. I've I've had five children, and when I was 16, I was pregnant with my first child. And um, I thought about it, but I did not do it because I was raised up to where I went to church and everything like that. Um, Women can do what they want with their bodies, but when it comes to another little body in their body, I don't feel that um, they have the right to use it as a uh, birth control method, and I'm all for Alabama. Woohoo! 
Thank you, Jesus, because <laughs> it's not right. All they got to do is put a wooden nickel between their knees, as far as I'm concerned, because they know what causes pregnancy, and and uh, I don't know how any woman could ever sleep uh, with no conscience on her pillow at night. I mean that I I, I just I just I, there's too many young women, even middle-aged women, uh, using it as a birth control method, which is totally wrong in my eyes. That's my opinion. All right. Well, and I think and 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 I also think that the father that got the woman pregnant should have some say so in it. Because after well, all, she's carrying his child. Cisco and I are both pro-life, so we're yeah. not, neither one of I'm, us is gonna. We're not gonna. We're not gonna disagree with you on, on anything <laughs> that you said. I am very pro-life too. Trust me, I'm very pro-life. I've never had an abortion in my life, never, ever. So well, anyway, I, I I just wanted to comment and give my opinion on it. Well, that was well said, and I think uh, we both agree that that we totally agree with you on that. Uh, I want to I want to touch on the uh, the last eight minutes that we have. Um, part of it I want to touch on baseball uh, towards the end because you and I are very big baseball fans, football fans, sports fans. So I wanted to touch on because uh, I know you're a, a, a Seattle Seahawks and. Uh, Mariners and I'm a I'm a Yankee fan. So. Actually, but I'm actually I'm actually I'm actually an Oakland an Oakland A's fan. I'm the Oakland A's. Excuse me. Okay, I got I got them confused. Uh, but before we get into the sports section, uh, it might be boring for uh, for other folks, but I know Chris and I uh, we enjoy sports. Uh, the election for 2020. Um, what what are the chances that that uh, President Trump will get reelected? Or, or a Democrat will get elected. Um, you, you said something to do with who the Democrats elect. Well, right now, I think it's going to be Biden. Bernie Sanders is not going to go anywhere. They're going to pull the same trick. Yeah. They're going to rig. And they're going to, so Joe Biden is, is the establishment. Uh, I think he'll get destroyed by Trump in the debates. I, uh, I don't know about that. Um, mm. Biden, Biden, Biden is actually a pretty good debater. Um, I, I remember, I, I remember watching him debate uh, um, Sarah Palin, and I thought that I thought she was going to mop the floor with him, and he really, really kicked her butt. And uh, the thing is, Joe's been Joe's been doing this a long, long time. And uh, he, he's going to get a pass from the media on pretty much everything. So um, I don't know. I think I think Joe Biden has a pretty good shot. But uh, to be honest with you, Cisco, I really don't. I really don't want to make any predictions because I want to see who they nominate first. Um, at, at, at this point, there are 22 or 23 Democrats that are running for president. I lost track. And, I lost track. I lost track of how many. Yeah. <laughs> So, so at this point, at this point, until the until the field the field narrows, I don't want to make any predictions. I will say that the only candidate that they're putting forth that I like at all is uh, is Tulsi Gabbard, and she's not even she's she's not even accepted as as actually running for president. They she's getting no coverage at all. They want nothing to do with her. She's actually kind of a She's more like a liberal, like a liberal libertarian. Yeah, yeah, she uh, is. She is from she's from Hawaii, five hundred one. Yeah, yeah, she's, uh, yeah. she's a libertarian. I mean, from Hawaii. But I think I think again, I can tell you right now, it's going to be Joe Biden. The Democrats are going to stick to the establish, establishment candidate, and he's. And I think I think the this whole thing with the pedophile being a pedophile. I think that's going to impact uh, um, all those pictures you see with him kissing and touching. It's going to have an impact. And I think the Trump administration will go dirty and will expose that. Yeah, we'll see. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, uh, 501, any uh, opinions in regards yes. to the 
2020 uh, presidential? Because I know we're going to get into the sports soon. Well, geez, yeah. Um, not to my uh, knowledge, but if I was running, man, I would sure vote for myself because I'd be for the people and for them little babies out there. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I'm as true as the day is long But like I said before Our country has done so much wrong In past years And if you recollect it's that The Democrats have served in office Most of the time So mm-hmm. that's, that's just my take on it And I'm a pleasure It was a pleasure to be on Your radio station And and Fantastic. stating my opinion, we, I truly we, appreciate we, it. We loved it. We loved it. Thank you for for calling in. Uh, okay, thank uh, you. You're welcome, Chris. So now we're gonna get in. We touched on politics, and uh, let's touch on sports. Uh, I because I, I've been wanting to really have a debate on in regards to um, in baseball and football. Let's start with baseball. Um, so your uh your your Oakland A's, how, how do you see them this year uh, uh, compared to last year? Well, um, last year they came out they came out hot out of the gate. Um, uh-huh. This year they they haven't been they haven't been the same team. They uh, they still have a they still have a pretty good shot at winning the wild card. They they have a they have a pretty good they they have a pretty good uh, hitting lineup. The the biggest problem the A's have is they. They really don't have much starting pitching, and uh, in order for them to be able to compete and to be able to get into the playoffs, they're going to have to figure something out. But they do have at the second the second half of the season, Jesus Lazardo is going to be coming up from the minor leagues, yeah. Yeah. and uh, he's a really terrific young talent. And then they're going to be getting Sean Manea back from Tommy John's surgery in the second right. half of the season. So uh, you know if they if those two come back and pitch well. Uh, the A's have a really good shot of of at least making winning the wild card and maybe making some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, but you know what? I've been watching baseball since I was five years old, and th- to me, I, I will always remember the Oakland A's for Jim, uh, Jim Catfish Hunter, Raleigh Fingers, Sal Bando. You know, these. I mean, that's that was the Oakland A's that I grew up with. Yeah. Well, it's a different it's a different era. It's a different era, Cisco. I mean, the, yeah. you know, now they have now they have uh they got Chris Davis. Uh they got yeah. Blake Trinan. They got Matt Olson. They've they got uh Matt Chapman. They've got some they've got some, they've got a good core of players. But, no, uh, but no, you know, I I'm a little I agree with you. I agree with you, but I'm just saying those teams, those Oakland A's I haven't seen them again. Like I haven't seen the well, Yankee teams. The, I haven't seen the Yankees of all. You know when Craig Nettles and and Ron Guidry and and Reggie Jack. I don't know baseball as much as I love baseball. It's not the baseball that I grew up with. Well, I tell you, I tell you what, your Yankees are good. Yeah, but. Well, uh, but so we, I mean I, I we're understand still, we're, still lacking, I, I just, we're still lacking the pitching. Our pitching is, oh, is I don't think so. I don't I don't think so at all. Uh, Domingo mm. Domingo Domingo Herman is yeah. has been fantastic. He's nine and one now. Uh yeah. Tanaka is pitch is pitching well. Uh you know, Hap is Hap has got is has turned it has turned it around. Uh yeah. the I think I think that the, I think the Yankees have a legitimate shot to win the division, and possibly even make it to the World Series. What's really impressive with, about the Yankees this year is John Carl Stanton, Stanton and uh, yeah. um, and Aaron Judge were are both hurt, and have yeah. been hurt all season, and yet the Yankees are still they're still winning ball games. Yeah, no, you know, I'm, I'm so, very, I, I love I love our third baseman Giovanni Urshela. Is is a hell of a kid. I mean, he's he's, he's going to be one of, one of the best third basemen around. But anyway, we've got only twenty five seconds. Chris, thank you again for coming on. Uh, like I said, we can talk sports two hours on this. Uh, forget about we politics. Could. Yeah, because uh, we both uh, enjoy. It. 
Thank you again. You're always uh, welcome here. And um, have, have a great week and bless America. All right. God bless you, Cisco. All right. All right. Next okay. week, we'll have another interesting guest on broadcasting politics. Good night. God bless America. <laughs>